This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. It's time for another Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 287. 10 meters of the 1010 International Net recorded live on Thursday, January 27th, 2022. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Keith Schlotman, KR7RK, and we'll take your calls live a little later on in the show. Last week, Dr. Nathaniel Frisell, W2NAF, was here to talk about the upcoming HamSci conference in Huntsville. And if you missed the show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. And you can always catch the rebroadcast of Ham Talk Live over on Shortwave at 5085 a.m. That's WTWW 5.085 Saturday afternoons at about 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So we'll be talking about 10 meters tonight. If you have some questions about 10 meters and the 1010 net, we'll have a chance for you to chime in here in just a little bit. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can give us a call later on in the show. Let me go ahead and give you the phone number so you can write it down or punch it in and have it ready to go. And uh, we'll give that number out several times uh, again between now and when it is time to call. But that telephone number will be 859 982 Again, the number is 859-982-7373. You can also tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive on Twitter. If you're in uh, on Spreaker and you have an account, you can uh, type to us uh, in the comments as well. So I'll be back with Keith right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on HamTalkLive. Jerry, what's up, man? I haven't seen you at Sunbucks in a while. I used to see you every morning getting coffee. What's up? Well, I can't afford Sunbucks five days a week anymore. I had to spend my money on PL259s. You know, those antenna projects I've been meaning to do. I had to do them before my HOA finds out I have antennas. That's too bad, Jerry. I miss seeing you and catching up over coffee. You should get your PL259s from Tower Electronics. They have great stuff. Jerry, you're back. Oh, QRM Heterodyne Frappuccino. That's a good choice. How's it going? Did you get all those antennas up before the HOA police showed up? 
Yeah, I got them all done. Thanks for telling me about Tower Electronics. Now I can have my coffee. I just saved a bunch of money on my PL259s by switching to Tower Electronics. Don't get caught without PL259s. Visit Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com or at a ham fest near you. Or give them a call at 920-435-2973. And be sure to pick up some power poles, adapters, and cables, too. Coming to you live from the glass-enclosed Faraday box, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Tower Electronics Ham Fest scheduled coming up January 29th uh, this weekend. They'll be in Arcadia, Florida. Then they'll be at Hamcation February 11th, 12th, and 13th. Then it's off to Dalton, Georgia February 26th and Cave City, Kentucky on March 5th. But you can visit them anytime, anywhere at pl dash. 259.com Welcome back to Ham Talk Live tonight. Keith Schlotman, KR7 Arcade, joins us on the Orlando Amateur Radio Club and Hamcation Zoom line. Uh, Keith has served as the treasurer of the 1010 International Net since 1994. He's an active ham on almost every band, but his favorite band has been 10 meters from the day he earned his first amateur radio license. Keith is also very involved with the Summits on the Air or SOTA program and uh, generally activates over 100 summits per year. And on most of them, he includes 10 meters in his operating plans. He's also uh, frequently found operating as mobile station and occasionally from home. And he's been a forum presenter at numerous ham radio conventions, including Dayton, Huntsville, some of the AWRL conventions, and and even some local clubs. So, Keith, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, thanks, Neil. Uh, good evening from uh, Tucson, Arizona. Well, I'm sure it's it's warmer there than it is here. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's getting getting crazy out here, but hopefully, uh, we'll we'll get things warmed up here soon, and uh, and Hamcation will be warmer, and and and, and Hamvention will be warmer. So. Hopefully yeah. that will uh, that will work and 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 the and the COVID numbers go down. Well, speaking of heating up, let's let's talk about ten meters. How you know cycle twenty five is here. So absolutely, yeah. What what's ten meters look like these days? Well, so we're definitely seeing an improvement in ten meter activity. There's no no doubt about it. Um, the numbers in the 1010 international net statistics uh, definitely support that, but um, you don't really need to see those numbers to just know if you tune around on 10 meters, um, you're, you're likely at times to find activity. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to gloss it over too much. You know, 10 meters can be at times uh, a challenging band and, and that makes it that's part of the fun of it in reality is uh, you can't be guaranteed except during the absolute uh, solar maximum probably but 
Um, if you compare 10 meter activity today to 10 meter activity two years ago, uh, it's certainly easier to make uh, contacts, and a lot of those contacts are farther away. Um, it's just, uh, and that's you know part of the fun of ham radio is is learning different things, and uh, 10 meters allows you to to learn different parts of the solar cycle and what times of day might work and even what times of year. I'd be glad to talk about some of those differences with you if you'd like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, the, those differences. And, and we know that, you know, in a few years, things are, are going to be just really hopping on 10. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and talk a little bit about those. Yeah. So first of all, the, the cycle itself, which is roughly an 11 year, uh, solar cycle, uh, goes through a, a minimum to maximum kind of a sine wave, um, the predictions, current predictions seem to be probably in the summer of 2025 is when we might see the maximum. And what that means is that there's going to be uh, many, many sunspots on the sun. And I won't try to go into all the physics involved here, but uh, as, as the cycle of sunspots increases to maximum, generally the Earth's ionosphere um, works much better at reflecting 10 meter uh, radio waves. And so you actually, uh, 10 meters is, is particularly evident when the cycle is hot, 10 meters gets hot. And when the cycle is low, uh, it doesn't work as well as some of the, the other HF bands. And so um, that's kind of the first, uh, first level is that solar cycle level. And we are uh, on the curve uh, going up and up and up constantly towards maximum right now. So it's a great time to, to get involved and learn some of the, the unique things about 10 meters um, as we go towards maximum. So when things get really easy and the band is just hopping, uh, you'll know exactly what to do to take advantage of that. Um, so that's yeah. kind of the broad, the broad cycle, Neil. I, I remember, uh, you know, I, I, a long time ago, uh, <laughs> I, I started working on the Tasmanian Devil Award, and uh-huh. you had to work so many people from Tasmania, and, you know, I, you, you got to get on at like midnight or, you know, 5 or 6 a.m. To, to catch those people usually, and and uh, lo and behold, you know, I, I started getting a few, and and they were almost always on ten meters. And, yep. and so when I think of ten meters, that's that's what comes into my mind is, you know, uh, being able to uh, finally get some of those uh, Tasmanian contacts. So one of these days, I need to uh, once I get an antenna back up here, I need to uh, to finish that up. Uh, I think in North America, you have to have ten. Uh, from Tasmania, if I, if I remember correctly, if they even still have that anymore, I don't know if that's even a, even a thing, but, um, yeah, you know, 10 meters, I I, I don't know either, but, uh, certainly, um, there's certain countries that definitely get more actively involved with 10 meters. Um, I would say probably, uh, you know, in addition to the award, uh, that you're referring to, uh, uh, there's a lot of 10 meter activity from South Africa, a lot from um, England, uh, United Kingdom, and uh, Germany is very active on 10. Um, Australia, New Zealand, and Japan uh, is often a, a good 
place to find uh, DX to Japan on 10 meters. And that doesn't mean uh, other other countries, of course, are very active as well. But um, and oftentimes, uh, yeah, during the during the solar maximums, you'll find different country specific awards. And right now, people might say, oh, I'd I would give anything to uh, work Germany on 10 meters. And uh, and during the maximum, you might say, boy, I, I can't believe how many I'm getting, how many of those uh, deals I'm getting. So it sounds like uh, right in line with that, Neil. Yeah. Well, there's just, uh, you know, it's always great to go check 10 meters, you know, and it's like, you know, when everything else is bad, go check 10 meters because, uh, you know, it, it is different and sometimes it'll, it'll work a lot better. Um, but, yep. um, it just kind of comes and goes. And, uh, you know, when, when people are actually on the bands, they're not quite as dead. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if I can just, uh, address that for a minute, um, you know, we like to say, and, uh, you and I were, we're chatting about this. If, if nobody calls CQ, uh, it might sound very much like the band is dead. And you might be really surprised if you call CQ, uh, who might come back to you. And I will tell you personally, I've, I have worked DX um, on 10 meters in the last, well, really pretty much every year, even through the solar minimum. Um, so it's there to be had, but you can't get it just any old time. Um, and there are different seasons you know if i drop down from the solar cycle level um seasonally we have what's called the e-skip season uh where the the uh, e-layer of the atmosphere becomes better at reflecting and typically that's going to occur around the um uh, in, in, in basically in february and june around the the winter and summer solstice uh and Oftentimes you'll get east skip openings, but those openings oftentimes for people in the United States will be within the United States, but maybe I would get an east skip over to North Carolina from Arizona or up to uh, Michigan or something like that. But uh, even at other times of the year, I'm, I'm getting plenty. For example, uh, very recently I'm working New Hampshire and New Jersey and New York on 10 meters. Um, so there's, and when I say very recently, I mean within the last few weeks. So it's it, there's plenty of activity there. Um, and uh, the other thing that's making activity pick up is the introduction of some of the digital modes. So if people are interested in, in particularly in FT8, um, and I personally don't do very much FT8 at all, but uh, I, I know with certainty that FT8 activity is very active on 10 meters and uh, it's not hard at all to get DX or um, work many different states. If you're stateside, um, you know, just using the the, uh, FT8 digital mode. Well, let's talk a little bit about the net because uh, you're, you're one of the officers and and you've been with them for a long time. So let's talk about the 1010 international net and, and its function and, and how you can join. Okay. Yeah. I'd be happy to do that. People may, some people may be surprised to learn that 1010 international net is actually one of the largest amateur radio organizations in the world. Um, as well as one of the longest, uh, lasting and it formed in 1962. Uh, so what is that? 70, 
or I'm sorry, 60 years ago. And um, uh, it formed as the 1010 net of Southern California, but quickly expanded to become the 1010 international net. And everybody who wants to join 1010 as a member um, is issued a unique membership number and the numbers are sequential. And uh, we're currently very close to 80,000 numbers having been issued worldwide. Um, We have members in, I don't even remember how many uh, countries, but it's uh, in the hundreds. And um, so it's a long lasting and uh, very popular organization. And the function is basically to promote the use of 10 meters and, uh, many newer amateurs don't realize that 11 meters, the CB radio band, um, originally was an amateur allocation and it got converted. And so one of the, whether it's uh, true or just uh, old lore, legend or whatever, um, uh, some people say that one of the reasons 1010 was formed was to try to encourage activity in order to protect 10 meters to make sure that we didn't also lose that band. And um, it's, it, it, you know, it's 10 meters is such a great band. It's, it's the widest HF band that we have. It's uh, almost full, two full megahertz wide and, and you can use, uh, you know, CW and sideband, but you can also use uh, FM on some of the, upper uh, frequencies and it's been used in the past for satellites. And so it's a, it's a very uh, fun band in so many ways. And by having an organization to kind of promote the use of it, uh, we're helping to, to in some ways ensure the safety of not losing those frequencies. And as you know, uh, frequencies are so valuable nowadays and uh, you got to make sure and protect them. Yeah. So, so if somebody wants more information about the net and and the organization and wants to get a number, how do they do that? So, um, the first thing I would say is is go to our website, um, which is ten dash ten dot net. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, ten dash ten dot org. Uh, we are a, a, a nonprofit organization and. If you go to ten-ten.org or also uh, 10-10.org, um, there's a tremendous amount of information about the club and the history and and some resources on there. And so that's a, a good starting point. Um, to join 1010, the current rules require that you actually submit a log of having worked at least 10 members 10 current members of 1010. And uh, that's actually very easy to do. And I'd like to share in a, in a few minutes uh, one upcoming opportunity to do that that would probably make it fairly easy to join. Um, but uh, you submit a log and you, you have to record the person's first name and their QTH and their 1010 number. And uh, a legal exchange of uh, for 1010 purposes is considered to include all of that, the, the name and the, the QTH and their number. And part of the goal is to get people to make friends on, on 10 meters. And I can tell you personally, I've made so many wonderful friends um, from all over the world, not just in the United States and 
you know, when we have gatherings at Dayton or, or wherever uh, we run into all these old friends and um, by, by requiring exchanging the name in the, in the state, it's, um, you know, you're going to get to know somebody uh, much easier than if all you're doing is sending a 599 or a, um, you know, how many DB you are or something. So it's a, it's a fun, really fun. And we have little QSO parties and, and even in those where you're trying to make lots and lots of contacts, you still have to exchange the, the name. So um, anyway, you, you work 10 members and it's a very inexpensive, uh, depending on whether you want an electronic version of the news, meaning a PDF copy or a, a paper version. Uh, it's like $10 or $15. And, and you really only have to pay it once to get your 1010 assigned number. Your, your number is yours for life. And uh, once, you, once you've been issued that number, it will never be issued to anybody else, even if you don't renew your dues. Um, but, of course, we, we encourage you to renew your dues. And, uh, and that also has some benefits associated with being a current paid-up member. And um, so I think, does that answer the question uh, yeah, on how yeah. to get involved in it? Absolutely. Well, why why is ten meters so? I'm, I'm I'm setting you up here. Why is ten meters so important for beginning hams? Ah, well, I, I don't think your audience is exclusively uh, United States, but I do think that it the reason here is is equally valid for the vast majority of other countries, and that is that. Um, the entry-level amateur radio licensing in most countries does permit 10-meter uh, operation. And, um, you know, it, it, at least under current rules, uh, if somebody gets their technician license, um, they're immediately allowed to start using 10 meters. And they can get a, uh, you know, they don't have to know Morse code. They can get a HF rig and operate sideband between 28.3 and 28.5 megahertz, which is actually where the vast majority of um, 10 meter activity will be found for phone. If they want to learn CW, they have access to that um, band, that uh, range of the band as well. And so, um, I, I think that's the answer to the question is, is it's so important because those beginning hands, it's kind of like the gateway drug to, to HF radio for many. <laughs> for, yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, it somebody is. can get a, uh, a technician license and get a Baofeng or a, uh, inexpensive. Oh, 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 um, wait a minute. You, you said, know, you said the word. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was just saying, just saying it's been forever since we played the Balfang song. So, okay. All right, got it in there. Go ahead. <laughs> um, it, you know, somebody can get a uh, inexpensive handy talkie and there's a lot of fun to be had with that. I'm not trying to uh, put that down at all, but if you take one of those same hams and bring them over to your station and say, how'd you like to get on 10 meters and, and talk to somebody in, um, Virginia, or hey, if we're lucky, you know, talk to somebody in Japan, um, talk to somebody in Germany, you know, and not just uh, um, not just through a repeater, but you're actually from your microphone to their microphone, sending a radio wave across, you know, space, and and uh, you just can't beat that feeling, in my opinion, and 
And so I think it's a crucial uh, introductory band. But I will also tell you, you know, the all you have to do is look at the ARRL 10 meter contest to know that um, 10 meters is incredibly popular amongst seasoned, experienced um, contesters. You know, the guys with the, the mega stations are pounding it out on 10 meters when they get the opportunity. So it's a, it's an excellent, excellent place for a beginning ham to get some of that HF experience, to get introduced to some more, uh, maybe a, a new Elmer. Um, you know, it's just a, it's an easy band to get on. You don't need a gigantic antenna. Um, you can even buy a 10 meter only rig in some cases. So uh, I, I just think it's a fantastic place for a beginner for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, it's time to take a break, so we're going to do that, and then we'll come back with Keith, and uh, we'll open up the phone lines and uh, check the tweets and all that good stuff. Um, here with uh, Keith Schlotman, KR7RK from the 1010 International Net, right after this word from ICOM America, right here on Ham Talk Live. Now is the time to spice up your ham shack with ICOM's new ID52 handheld. Now shipping. This radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out and working your favorite bands this winter season. The ID52A is now shipping. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is a VHF UHF dual bander with D-Star and FM dual mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex repeater, regional, and worldwide calls over the D-Star internet gateway. The ID52A is the first amateur radio handheld with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over D-Star with a connected Android device. Other features include a wideband receiver with a guaranteed range of 144 to 148 and 440 to 450 MHz, integrated GPS including grid square location, micro SD card slot, micro USB connector, and IPX7 waterproof. Calling all hams, don't forget to find ICOM's booth at the 2022 Orlando Hamcation, February 11th through the 13th, 2022. For more information about ICOM radios, go to icomamerica.com slash amateur. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Oh, yeah. You're talking ham radio, baby. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. We're on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, before we get back to Keith and uh, 
Phone calls. Uh, we, I think we've got a uh, we've got a caller on the line here, so we'll we'll pick up a caller here in just a second, and then uh, we've got a couple people uh, in the comments. So we'll we'll pick all that up right after this week's joke of the week. Now it's time for the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week, a part of the show where Rick tells us a ham radio joke. The Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week is brought to you by QRM Labs. Now, here's Rick Garrett in 9GSU with today's Ham Talk Live Joke of the Week. I've been working on a joke about my Heath Kit radio for this podcast. But it's just taken forever to put together. This has been the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week with Rick Garrett in 9GSU. Tune in again next week for another joke from Rick. Uh, oh, Rick, those, those Heath Kid instructions are fabulous. You, you, you should use those. <laughs> well, thanks, Rick, for the joke of the week. We'll have uh, another one next time. And, uh, now is the time for your call. So if you have a question uh, for Keith Schlotman, KR7RK, give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, uh, the number is 859-982-7373. You can also tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive. Uh, if you're on Spreaker and you have an account, you can uh, comment, and uh, that'll pop up here on the screen, and we have a couple of those. And if you're listening to us on WTWW or on the podcast version of the show, you won't be able to reach us live since we're doing this uh, this on Thursday night. But uh, first of all, before we get to the phones, uh, we've got a couple of hellos uh, on uh, Spreaker here. Uh, first of all, hello from Southern Oregon. It's Art, K7DWI, number 40849. And also Horatio, uh, w, or LU1BJW, uh, number 39329. So, uh, Keith and, and Art, thank you for, um, for being here. And, uh, he says, remind Keith that the winter contest is on February 5th. So, uh, so Keith, you want to, you want to say something there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so first of all, thank you from, uh, KR7RK number 63324. And, uh, you heard the other uh, numbers there. That's part of, you know, like I mentioned, we get our own, uh, unique 1010 number, no, never reissued to anyone. So it becomes part of your identity to other 1010 members. Um, yeah. Yes, thank you so much for uh, for bringing up the um, the upcoming QSO party. And I had mentioned earlier, uh, there's a very easy way to get your ten numbers to, um, to if you want to join ten ten. We have QSO parties, and there's quite a few QSO parties actually. Uh, you can uh, you can look on the website to get information about when those are occurring. But it just so happens that our our very next upcoming QSO party is uh, right around the corner. It's going to be February 5th and 6th, and it starts at, at 01 UTC um, on February 5th and goes through to t- uh, 2400, based 2359 on February 6th. So it's a 48-hour QSO party. Um, currently, you're probably not going to operate the full 40 hours like we may have at uh, some contest uh, during solar maximum 
But if you get on, um, and I would recommend, you know, most activity currently is going to be found during daylight hours. Uh, I find my best success is usually late morning to early afternoon, but that can vary a lot, uh, sometimes in the early evening as well. Um, there's no time that's bad to try, but uh, on February 5th and 6th, I almost can guarantee, and the, the party, the CUSO party for that uh, period is our winter phone party. So it is a sideband um, party, and you will find the vast majority of activity somewhere between 20. 8.3 to 28.5, and very frequently, uh, if you if you go towards the center of that, around 28.400, you'll find activity. Um, many of the uh, DX stations, uh, the LU1 uh, DJW, uh, who's checked in here, um, uh, you know, oftentimes the the Argentinian stations, uh, Brazil, you'll find them up around 28.450 to 28.500. And uh, it's not difficult to get DX to South America if you learn how to use transequatorial propagation. Uh, and, and the timing of that um, can be important during the daytime. But um, so I would encourage everybody, let's see if we can go get LU1DJW in our logs in a, in a not this coming weekend, but next weekend. Okay. So a great way to get those, uh, those 10, 10, 10 numbers. So, oh, that's a lot of 10. It's a 10, 10, 10 number. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, uh, let's go to the phones I, here. Oh, go can ahead. I make another quick comment? Yeah, yeah. Um, now that you said 10 uh, for 10, 10, one of, the, uh, one of the founding principles of the 10, 10 international net um, is that we do indeed have a daily net. And except for Sundays, never on Sunday. So Monday through Saturday, um, we have 1010 nets, and those are basically international. Um, and uh, 28.380 is, is the most common net frequency, but also 28,800. And uh, what, what the... Uh, kind of the slogan for that is see you on 10 at 10 because in Southern California, um, uh, you know, that's, it would be 10 AM in Southern California. So it's actually 1800 UTC. Um, so at 1800 UTC daily, except Sunday, we have a net. And if you're in California, you can say, see you on 10 at 10. There you go. All right. Well, lots, lots of tens going around. So just remember 10. All right. All right, we've got a uh, we got a caller on the line here, so let's let's see who we have. Good evening, and welcome to Ham Talk Live. Hi, my name is Tom. My call is Whiskey Eight Tango Kilo. I'm located in Tucson, so I know Keith, and I've worked him dozens of times on his summits on the air uh, activations. Uh, but I want to change topics altogether. He's been talking mostly about DX on ten meters. And I am familiar with that. I was one of the founding members of the PJ2T Superstation, operated many contests from there, including a 10-meter contest probably 15 or 16 years ago. And we made several thousand contacts in a weekend on 10 meters. So when it's hot, it's hot. But what I'm interested in is local communications on 10 meters. Uh, I personally don't like repeaters. I think uh, repeaters have been obsolete since the 80s when cell phones use became widespread 
And when the, uh, the cell phone towers are down due to a emergency, a, a, a weather emergency or whatever, uh, the repeaters are down too. So I, I think that 10 meters would be more valuable for local communications for public service events uh, with uh, just a 10-meter whip and 100 watts, I think you could cover uh, most of the uh, urban area here. And I just wonder if Keith has any experience with that. So, uh, well, good evening, Tom. Great to hear you on. And, uh, it, yes, we have worked so many times, and Tom's a, a great uh, asset to the, the southern Arizona ham community. I will tell everybody that. I'm sure you already figured that out. Um, 10 meters as a local mode in my opinion, is absolutely wonderful. Um, many years ago, uh, in the early 90s, um, I actually started a 10-meter net every Thursday evening in, in Tucson, and uh, I don't believe uh, that's still going, but um, it gave me a lot of respect for a local 10-meter net because, you know, two meters is pretty blocked. It's pretty much line of sight in most cases. 10 meters, on the other hand, can easily work its way over a hill or around a building. And, uh, you know, it's um, it, it's helpful to be line of sight, but it's not mandatory. You can still get a, a contact. So from that regard, I think it's a better mode, um, or I'm sorry, a better band than, uh, than some of the VHF and UHF. And there are many places where local nets have existed for many years, um, very successfully continuing to go. If you go to our 1010.org website, some, uh, some local nets are listed there. Uh, it's always the people who try to maintain the lists of active local nets have a real challenge because they come and go. They're always dependent on a, um, at least a few people to be really dependable um, you know, I, I, I guess, uh, you know, Tom, I, I would be supportive of a local net around here as much as possible, but, um, I would encourage anybody who, if you don't have a local net, consider opening one up. And the, one of the fun, funnest parts of all about it is the band may very well pop open on you. And whereas, you know, for, four weeks running, you get all the local guys and you all know each other. And the next week you, you open the net and somebody's checking in from out of state and everybody's shocked. And um, it, that can be a lot of fun, the surprise of who's going to have access. But um, for, you know, for more reliable local communications, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. And you can, of course, have 10 meter repeaters as well. Okay, thanks, Keith. I think uh, we will try that, get a 10-meter net going here in Tucson, and uh, see, we've got people all over the uh, metro area as well as out of state, so we'll see uh, who shows up and uh, see if we can get it going. That if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, was, didn't uh, a lot of the Puerto Rico uh, traffic ended up on 10 meters when, when they I, I had the uh, hurricane? I think I remember that, that uh, it, 10 actually ended up working out better. So, yeah, it's a good tool to have. Yeah, that I, I, I would totally believe that. I don't know that for a fact, but it, it would make a lot of sense, actually, because yeah, they have, you know, hills on the island, and 
if the hurricane comes over and blows down all the repeater towers, uh, you might still want to get across to the other side of the island. And if there's a hill between you, you're probably either going to have to use 10 meters or some really steep uh, NVIS, you know, on uh, 80 meters or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom, right, thanks, well, thanks so thanks much lot, for calling Steve. in. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. All right. Thank you. 7-3. Seven, 7-3. Three. Seven, three. All right. The phone number is 859-982-7373 if you'd like to uh to chime in here and let me uh let me pull up uh, Twitter again here and see make sure we don't leave anybody out. And in the chat, make sure. Okay. Well, I think we're I think we're caught up here, Keith, and uh we're we're getting close to the end here, so let me let me just throw it to you for any any final comments, anything we missed. Um and and then of course remind everyone where they can find the ten ten net information online so they can sign up and and find out about these QSO parties. Okay. Well, I think I want to come back to something I mentioned earlier um, about the friends you can make. And uh, I think this is relevant for any amateur radio band. And as much as I'm a total fan of, of 10 meters, I'm a total fan of anything amateur radio. But, you know, I got my introduction to 1010 when I had my very first license and um, and the bands were good and I worked somebody and I wish I had kept track of who it was, but he said, Hey, do you, you know, do you have a 1010 number? And I said, no, I don't know what that is. And he said, well, let me just, I'll send you something. And, uh, you know, and I went on and, and made more contacts and, and then, you know, a few days later in the mail, I get a package and the guy sent me a copy of the 1010 news, which is our, our quarterly, we have a, quarterly newsletter it's 32 pages full of information about the activities and different 10 meter things and and uh there's no advertising so it's 32 you know good pages of information and this gentleman had taken the time to you know put his newsletter in the mail for me and paid the postage and just to be a friend and encourage me to to join up and that meant so much to me and you know put me on the path to to uh be in the in the fortunate position of being the treasurer here of 1010 for going on close to 30 years now and um i've gone to you know we used to have conventions and for specific 1010 conventions and uh and of course just meetups at dayton and things like that and uh i've made so many really good friends and there's very good people the the board of directors are all very um, friendly. And I think if, if there's no other reason to join any club, um, it's to make some friends and to find people that, you know, are interested in the same things you are and so on. And so uh, I would encourage you uh, to anybody listening to consider joining 1010 for various reasons. One is like I said, to support and, uh, help us protect 10 meters as a band that's allocated to amateur radio. But uh, also there's just so many benefits to the friendship and camaraderie and, and it can get fun to exchange numbers and there's awards for collecting various numbers and things. And 
you know, you find your own level at, at where that fun lies. But um, I, I think that kind of sums up my thoughts about 1010. Does that make sense, Neil? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, you know, uh, I appreciate you taking the time and, and actually contacting me to, to, you know, get on the show and, and come on here and talk about 10 meters. I'm excited, uh, to, to get an antenna up and running and, and, and see how 10 meters is improving and, uh, and get on there and, and, and maybe get Tasmania again. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited to uh, to do that. Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll get a breakthrough here soon and and be able to do that. But uh, you know, it's it's just great to uh, to have you on and talk about this. And uh, I'm sure we can we can do it again down the road. But uh, remind everyone uh, of the website again, uh, so if they miss the information, they can they can find that. Okay, so the website is is ten ten dot org t e n t e n dot org, and um, uh, also at you know February fifth and sixth that uh, sideband QSO party. You do not have to be a member. It's a great time to collect your numbers to join, and uh, if you're not a member, you you're welcome to send a number zero or just say I'm not yet a member. I'm collecting my. Uh, numbers and the, the people who are members are thrilled to work you. Um, so come join us for some fun. Uh, and hopefully I will see you on 10 at any time, not just yeah, 10. Very good. Yeah. And, and hopefully we can, uh, we can say hi at, uh, at Hamvention or Hamcation or something or other soon. So, uh, we'll, we'll hope that, uh, that all works out. So thanks for being here, Keith. Appreciate it. Thank you, Neil. All right. Well, that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. I'd like to thank my guest, Keith Schlotman, KR7RK, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and, and calling in and, and chiming in tonight here uh, with us talking about 10 meters. Before I sign off tonight, I want to share some news with you about this very program. When I started Ham Talk Live back in February 2016, I set out to create a call-in talk show with a professional broadcast feel. I'd always wanted to do talk radio instead of music, and Ham Talk Live was a chance for me to finally give it a try. My hope was that the interviews would be few and far between, and instead I could introduce a topic and provide you, the listener, an opportunity to discuss these topics in a talk radio broadcast format. Once in a while, I'd throw in an expert on a topic and give everyday hams a chance to speak directly with the experts. I also knew from the start that live broadcast media was already in a steep decline, and on-demand media is what's booming. That trend is finally caught up with Ham Talk Live. To stay responsive to our growing base of listeners, we are hoping to make the show more accessible, more portable, and more friendly to our listeners' lifestyles and schedules. So perhaps you can start thinking of us now as Ham Talk On Demand, or even Ham Talk Live Once in a While. I, I ran the numbers and, and found that during the past several months, for example, 99.43% of people who listen to Ham Talk Live do so after the show is completely over. 
That's not even counting the listeners on WTWW and YouTube. I recognize that listening or watching programming on demand isn't the future anymore. It's the present. As our audience grows, so does the variety of lifestyles and schedules of each of our listeners. I'm grateful for all of you, so I'm going to make life and listening even easier. We're changing our format, and we will be pre-recorded, not necessarily released on a specific day and time or schedule. You can still reach us on social media and definitely do that, but now you can carry us wherever you go, listen to us when you want, and know that even if we are not so live anymore, we're still bringing you the best in ham radio expertise, personalities, and of course, some humor. So live shows may happen on occasion, but for the most part, the shows will be pre-recorded. As hams, we've all learned to tinker with things to make them work even better, and that's what I'm doing. So I'm looking forward to sharing it with all of you. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Came right back to my CQ call The readability five and strength nine You never once mentioned your weather at all And I didn't mention mine We talked and talked for hours and hours I completely forgot you're a ham I don't know your power or the height of your tower